0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The disciples had had a pretty tumultuous week. They had seen things which their eyes had never seen before, and heard things which their ears had never heard before. And I could only imagine how well they were processing everything that was happening so quickly. The week began with the death of a beloved friend, John the Baptist. Beheaded and his head served on a platter. Shocked and grieved, they came and they took his body and they buried it into the ground. And then they had the painstaking task of coming and telling Jesus about his friend's unfortunate death. Over the next few days, they would be overwhelmed, terrified, paralyzed, joyful frustrated, confused, comforted. It was a crazy week. First, they would think that there was this ghost walking upon them in the middle of the sea in the middle of the night, only to then realize it was their Lord. And then they would stand perplexed at this miraculous feeding of 5,000 men with just five loaves of bread and two fish. Then they would see the blind and the crippled and the lame and the mute and many other sick people just being placed at the feet of Jesus and him healing them with a word or with a touch. I'm sure it was a lot to process. But oh, how their eyes would see so much more. Across an empty tomb, there was more yet to come. Who was he? Well, he was the Christ, the son of the living God, St. Peter tells us. But their tumultuous week was about to come to a screeching halt. As the week began, so it would end with death. First it was John. But now here in Matthew 16, Jesus explains to his disciples for the very first time that he, the Christ, the son of the living God, must suffer and die. That he would be killed. That his life would be taken away. And there was nothing that anyone could do about it. But that doesn't stop Peter. It never does. And it doesn't stop us either when death enters the room. We always try to avoid it. It's our nature because we're made by the living one. Peter quickly comes up with other plans for the Lord. Good plans, I say. For when he hears Jesus say, I must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed, and on the third day be raised, Peter replied, far be it from you, Lord. This shall never happen to you. Peter did not want Jesus to die any more than you or I do. And his desire for the Lord to avoid death and to only live is a good one. Yet Peter shows us again unfortunately what what a wrong relationship with jesus looks like misplaced faith see it doesn't it doesn't look like you taking the initiative to get out of the boat and to walk to him on the water he showed us that a couple of weeks ago when you do that you sink and it doesn't look like this where you follow your own plans no matter how good they may be, or how lively they may be, rather than following the Lord's, no matter how foolish they may sound. This morning in the midst of your tumultuous week, I'd like to consider with you for a moment together what it means to follow Jesus and not ourselves, especially when death enters the room. A hard topic. And what our human response always seems to be when these tumultuous weeks come. First, our human response, like Peter, we avoid, avoid, avoid. And The fear or the possibility of death in any way, shape, or form, we are quick to avoid those things. This shall never happen to you. And I deeply sympathize with this cry, especially with my last few weeks, as I'm sure you do too with your loved ones. It doesn't matter if you have a young child or a child heading off to college or you have elderly parents. Death is an enemy which we desire never to happen to anyone whom we love, especially our Lord. And so like Peter, when the road gets dark, the the tumultuous weeks come, the fear, the worry is there, We quickly fall into this trap of thinking that we must somehow avoid it or escape the reality of death or rid ourselves from pain and hardship, turmoil and suffering, that these things shall never happen to me or to my family. This desire of Peter's is a good one, and it's the same desire of each one of us. Yet when death enters the room, we discover this troubling reality that this is outside of our control. Peter isn't in control out of this. We try to avoid it. Maybe it's a coping mechanism. See, whether or not Peter used, uses a five-gallon net or a 10-gallon net that morning to fish, that he can control. Whether he slips on his brown sandals or his red sandals that morning to go off to work, that he could control. But this? Death? And this uncontrollable reality, coupled with the fact that Peter's plan's a good one. <laughs> Peter's plan for Jesus to live and not to die is a good plan. But that that plan would not be the case, and it's also one that he could not control, that these two things together, it it causes Peter to lash out, and rightfully so. May this never happen to you. See, he try- he's trying, but to no avail, to take control of the situation because he knows what is best he try he's trying to call the shots but he's trusting his own way. He's trusting in the plan of man even if it is wise he's not trusting in the foolish plans of God. and I ask. What is better to trust in your wise and good plans for you and yourself and your family or to trust in the foolish plans of the Lord, even when they don't make sense? We believe the Lord created us to listen to his voice, to follow him, to be one with him, to hear the voice of our good shepherd, the one who holds the keys of death and hell. And so we humbly follow him, even if it is through the valley of the shadow of death, even while the suffering lingers on and on, even right in the middle of the tumultuous weeks and months, we follow him. He is our Lord, and he knows what you need and he will not delay we saw that in the canaanite woman he will not delay forever and your eyes they will see and your ears will hear and your heart will understand heavenly things glorious things there is more yet to come A cross, an empty tomb a risen Savior to meet your eyes. But Peter doesn't see it, not here. not when death enters the room. He gets it completely wrong. And so do you. He tries to take control and he falls into the trap of following his own plan rather than following the Lord. And we are no better. It certainly doesn't take much for us to begin fearing death or pain or suffering and then quickly avoid it. But death cannot be avoided. It's the wage for our sin. But on the day that it strikes, we see and we hear we believe what only the disciples of Jesus believe. That Jesus controls death too. And death does not stand over him. And death did not defeat him. But rather, by dying, Christ has defeated and destroyed death. Death does not get the final word. Not over you. And not over your loved one. Peter doesn't get the final word. You don't get the final word. Jesus does, the Lord of all, the God of your salvation, your Savior. He has the final word. So when he lays down on that cross, and the nails are driven through his hands, and he's lifted up to die for the sins of the whole world, we ask not how it could have all been avoided how it could have been delayed, what we could have done to stop it. We simply bow at his feet and we worship him. And we trust that he knows what he's doing. That he has eternity in mind. And when the day is dark, and even when the sun shines not, we believe that a yet more glorious day will come. For he has promised it. Our Lord, he lives. He will come again, and the dead will rise, and the light will shine, and the glory of God will be revealed. Here, even in his death, the reign of God breaks forth. In Jesus Christ, our Lord, who gives to us such great comfort, who heals the sick and feeds the hungry and forgives the sinner, Who raises the dead. For our hope is not in ourselves, but in the God who raises the dead, St. Paul proclaims. And so, by his grace, you pick up your own cross with all of its afflicting pain and turmoil and suffering. And in Jesus, you will find strength not to avoid any of it, but to fully embrace the life that Jesus throws your way no matter the hardship or the pain or the suffering, because of him, the Christ, the one who never hesitates, he never avoids, he never leaves, but rather he finds it all joy to enter and endure with you in all things. We see his absolute and total willingness to enter our suffering in the cross. His body hung upon that tree as a sign to the whole world that God does not avoid death. Nor is he absent from you in these days or weeks, but rather fully and truly present and ever faithful. And he sympathizes with you in every way, and he knows your every weakness. And he shows you he controls all things there in the cross. He reveals his power there in the cross. And so it's there that we must go with our own crosses where the sun shines not and the days are dark and trust that a yet more glorious day is coming. Amen.